Welcome to Honestly Haunted. to Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we are heading to Romania on our Haunted EU tour. And after our research, we're pretty convinced that the whole country might be haunted. Uh Romania is made up of 41 counties, and at least one city in each county boasts either a haunted castle, forest, mountain, monastery, school, orphanage, hotel, crossroads, house and or hotel, and some even claim whole neighborhoods. That's a whole lot of yeah. haunted. And some of that might be due to the widespread popularity of Romanian hero and king, Vlad Tepes. That name doesn't ring a bell. Maybe Vlad the Impaler does. Come on, we really couldn't do an Honestly Haunted episode in Romania and not talk about Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, just like a, li- just like a little bit. But <laughs> while Vlad is not the main topic of our location this week, he's still involved. So here's a little backstory to bring you up to speed if you aren't already well-versed in Romanian history. So Vlad Tepes of the House Draculesti was sometimes referred to as Vlad Dracula. He is revered in Romanian history as a George Washington figure of sorts. He was the ruler of Wallachia, which is modern-day Romania, three different times from 1448 to 1476. And he violently battled invading Turks, Bulgarians, Saxons, and basically forced the Ottoman Empire to retreat from his homeland. However, Vlad also had a flair for dealing with traitors, enemies, and prisoners of war. He would impale his victims on spikes just outside of his residencies and would leave the bodies until they had been picked clean by animals and the elements. While the exact number will never be known, it's estimated that Vlad personally killed 80,000 people. Yeah, I used to think that Vlad's bloodthirstiness was likely a little dramatized after his death, but that is a really serious body count. Yeah, it's pretty intense. That's up there. And following his death, writings about his cruel acts began to circulate all throughout Europe. And eventually, the books that were published in many of the German-speaking territories about his life and deeds became some of the very first bestsellers in those regions. Vampire lore and popular culture exploded in the 18th and 19th centuries, and Vlad's impressive and bloody exploits became the inspiration for Bram Stoker's famous novel, Dracula, in 1897. While vampire lore did not get its start in Romania, it certainly gained traction there over the centuries. So while vampires in Bram Castle, which is the picturesque and allegedly haunted home of Vlad the Impaler, have been highlighted on shows like Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters International, and more paranormal investigation groups, those aren't the stars of this week's episode either. We want to tell you about the Witch's Pond. And this place is revered by some and feared by others. It's said to be a place of great power and great evil, depending on who you ask. The Witch's Pond is nestled in the vast Boldu Forest, which is just outside of Romania's capital city, Bucharest. It is a rather unimpressive small body of water. It's surrounded by foliage, and the water is covered in moss and algae. 
Romanian locals warn foreigners not to visit the pond. They claim it's dangerous. No animals have ever been seen drinking from the pond. In fact, dead animals have been found in the area surrounding the well completely dehydrated, which makes people believe that they would rather die from dehydration than drink the water of this pond. No fish or frogs inhabit the water either. The water has even been tested to determine if any deadly bacteria or chemicals have infected the water. But other than algae and moss, it's completely clean. There are legends that date back to the 16th century that young women who found themselves pregnant with unwanted children could walk into the water and emerge no longer pregnant. While it might make some people nervous, it has proven to be a very popular place for Romanian witches and Wiccans who frequently visit the pond. They claim that the power of the pond's energy enables them to cast any spell successfully while in proximity to the water. Witches from all over Romania gather around the pond for the midsummer celebration of Sanzin, which is an annual festival to honor the Romanian fairies of the same name. The pagan festival also coincides with the Eastern Orthodox Holy Day of St. John the Baptist's birthday, which of course it does because yeah. they co-opted all pagan days. Matchy, matchy. <laughs> oh, what a coinkydink! This also happened on that day! How on earth could they possibly have so his birthday? Oh my god! The Sanzine are said to look like beautiful girls that roam in unexplored forests. They float through the forest and sing and dance, and it's said that miracles can happen in their presence. The fairies can give special powers to plants and weeds, which is why many believe the plant life around the spring is so vibrant, even though no animals seem to thrive there. The fairies can also turn evil if the land is not respected. They will send hail and cause violent storms to destroy crops and even homes. So, back to old Vlad. While there is a lot of mystery surrounding his death, one of the most popular theories is that he was captured in battle in 1476 and was beheaded by Ottoman soldiers in 1477. And the spot where he was beheaded? You guessed it! The Witch's Pond. While we will probably never know exactly when and how Vlad died, it's interesting that so many stories still point back to the Witch's Pond as the location of his death. Apparitions of a bearded man have been seen by people visiting the forest around the pond. He walks quickly and always vanishes behind a tree when people try to find him. Many believe that this is the spirit of Vlad haunting the forest of his death. While odd events certainly happen around the pond, the pond itself is also pretty odd. In 1977, a massive earthquake hit Romania, and there was mass destruction from rockslides. In an attempt to clear some of the wreckage, construction crews dumped dozens of truckloads of rock and debris into the pond. But with each trip the construction crews took, they found that the small pond never filled up, despite being only three to four feet deep. The crews used the pond as a dump site for weeks, and likely dropped several tons worth of debris into the water, and it all just seemed to disappear. Other oddities about the pond include that there's no known or visible source for the pond, yet it never runs dry during a drought. It also never floods in the rainy season. It always measures at the exact same levels, no matter the time of year. It also doesn't freeze in the winter. It is said that lightning and thunderstorms can start very suddenly over the pond, even when there had been no clouds or bad weather in the area. Now, there's a really interesting story from the 1990s of an amateur film crew that was making a movie by the pond. 
It's a retelling of Vlad's final moments before his beheading by the pond. The crew was messing around with a dummy that they would be using for Vlad's body, and one of the actresses went to put a helmet on the dummy's head. All of a sudden, it started to snow violently. The camera crew turned off their equipment, packed up, and abandoned the scene. The main reason they left so quickly was because this was in July. Ah! <laughs> and apparently there's a video that exists of, that. of this. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I saw several sources that say that this was, it's like very 90s, probably like yeah. leading up to Blair Witch-esque yes. filming style. And it's like, they're messing around and goofing around. They, they think people say that the actors were being not kind with the mm. dummy they were treating as Vlad's body. Uh, or we're goofing around. Right. Not necessarily doing anything malicious, but we're not necessarily... But it could being, be seen as disrespectful. It could be seen as disrespectful. And then all of a sudden it just started snowing. Wow. <laughs> in July in the forest. Yeah, that is... Interesting. Super yeah. interesting. I think the two parts of this pond that kind of intrigue me the most are definitely the fact that animals won't drink from it. Mm-hmm. And the weather phenomenon, for yeah. sure. Like, the yeah. weather over the pond is so interesting. And that there's no known water source. Like, there's no underwater. Yeah. Like, they couldn't find at least any underwater, like, aquifer that's feeding this pond. The levels it don't change. It doesn't dry. It doesn't flood. flood. It doesn't freeze. The not freezing part. That has to tell, like, I, I mean. so bizarre. And the fact that they've tested the water, and they're like, it's just a fresh water source. Like, it's not salt. It takes, it makes yeah. that water has to, salt water takes a lot longer to freeze, but it's right. fresh water. So yeah. it's like, oh, if it's salt water, it might not freeze. But like, but, why would it be salt water? It's completely yeah, inland. It? Yeah. It doesn't have access to any kind of water sources. So, I mean, there, it's some sort of like, it's, it's different than most like bodies of water that yeah. we think are magical. Like it's not a fountain of youth. Like no. you're not supposed to drink from it. You're really not supposed to do, do anything engaging with the water itself. It's just some sort of power source that exists to be in proximity to it yeah so there's reasons that witches seek it out as a potential spiritual right. hot spot or at least like at least we talked about um uh in one of our mini episodes the thin veil yes like it's, yes it's a, what is it was it called a veil? Uh, the thin spot the th a thin spot yes. basically that it could be one of those yeah i mean to me it sounds like either that it it, it feels like it can fall into a couple of different camps yeah. whether it be a thin spot a you know um a portal or yes. a vortex or you know a fairy circle or or something like that as well i mean that is something that's very prevalent in european cultures is this idea of like fairy mounds or fairy circles mm -hmm. or or the fae like yes. as a and and the fact that that is already a connected story to this pond and i think is also super interesting especially because the way that they describe the romanian fairies Makes it, I mean, to be fair, lots of fairy stories are similar in this way, but this idea of, like, they have this innocence and beauty and, and nature, but then they also can turn on... Very quick, like, yeah, if, if dis anything's yeah, disrespected very or quickly. disrupted from their, what they're in control over, and, basically. And that kind of seems reflective in, like, the behavior of the pond, in yeah, a way. Yeah, if it's, I mean, if we're gonna say it's protected... By, by fairies, and that's why it's so constant. And and generally, like it's like locals say, like 
don't bother it. Like, don't go, right. don't go bug it. Cause then like we get weird weather, like things, they think that's more of a, a sign that it's like a, a warning. And I don't think like animals, that, that's where I get confused. Like animals won't drink it. Is it because it's dangerous for them to drink it? Or right. if it's because it's so powerful, it basically like anything innocent, it would shoo away. Like it would say, right. like, like, don't come here. Like it's too that's, powerful. I don't know. That is the part that kind of confuses me the most because usually the fae and animals are very connected yeah. and, and, uh, you they, know, nature. They look of, out for yes. each other. Yeah. Um, the other part that's, that's kind of weird is the connection of like Vlad <laughs> and, yep. and his death and potentially haunting the area. But in, in, trying to connect the two. I mean, there's lots of stories of the reason people say to stay away from fey places is because they lure humans to their to de- their death, to the other world, mm-hmm. to all of this. And so, I mean, if Vlad was taken there and killed there, mm-hmm. his spirit could have been, you know, kind of co-opted by yeah. the fey. Yeah. There. And it kind of, like, the story of, I mean, even though, like, Vlad was an actual person and yeah. he did probably legit war crimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's painted as a hero because he defended his homeland. Like, I think that's right. as, as if they would call him. I mean, like every that, hero is a villain to, to someone, whoever they defeated. Right. right? But so. I also, I mean, because he's also been morphed into this, like literary character he's he not also he's not mythological yeah, yeah he's not he's really not dracula yeah but he's also not not dracula. <laughs> exactly but it makes me think back to joseph dipple and frankenstein's legend oh like yes. is he based i mean did, i mean whether mary shelley was inspired by his story or not we don't know but like his legacy is very much so how what the story of frankenstein became connected, connected. yeah they're very intertwined in that at this point in that popularity that scale permeates into the culture and we've talked before about how people believing stories or telling stories and continuing to tell those stories can have power yeah and that's why i i we i kind of said like yeah romania like might actually all be haunted just because like i mean to be fair to be fair. I think most of Europe is <laughs> I feel like almost every episode we're doing in this EU tour, we're like, by the way, there's five million haunted places. Other things. <laughs> when I started research for Romania, it brought up like, they had it organized by county. Like oh that's how, like the alphabetical in count, because there's so many. Like, yeah. is in, like they're all really fascinating, but this one had the most connection to to some other things that we're interested about. I feel about. like we could do an EU tour, like, ten times over. Easily. And go. <laughs> we might have to do, like, a second lap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's probably, I mean, we've talked about this before when we've talked about European places. Like, they're just so much older than the U.S. Yeah. That... There's just so much more past. And I wish, like, as Americans, we had, like, a deeper appreciation for, like, natural, like, paranatural things yes. that exist. Because they they do. And we talked about a little bit in our Haunted America tour about specifically any places that had... Like, the natural steps. Natural and, steps. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah, like, nat- like natural geographical mm-hmm. phenomenons, but also, like, indig- with indigenous yes. interactions yes. and, like, the power and connection that Native Americans had to the yeah. land. Yeah, I feel like we just... I feel like this stuff still exists in the U.S. It's just not as documented. documented. And that's, I think, yes. the biggest difference. Yeah. Like, there are stories about Or at least hauntings. not documented in ways that, like, we can find I have mean, access like, to yeah, or would like, know. 
yeah. like those communities, if it's handed they down, know. Yes, they exactly. know, but we, we don't. So, but yeah, I, things that you think, like Transylvania, like you think of yeah. very specific things. I, I mean, like there's so much that comes to mind when thinking about Vlad and Dracula and those, those. I love vampire lore. So much. Like, I think we talked about this the last time we talked about semi-vampire related yeah. creatures, but I just love vampire lore. It is so fascinating to me. Yeah. And there's something really interesting about this pond with it because, okay, so from like a literary metaphorical point of view, one of okay. the reasons, like in putting my writer hat on, got it. One of the reasons I love vampire lore is because of all the metaphors that it can stand for. Yeah, that it it can stand for for sex and lust and it can yes. stand for for death and and you know and, de- and depression yeah. and and like taking pieces of your soul and body mm-hmm. and and it can stand for so many things but right yeah, like or what it's like to be alive and damned yes. kind of too. like yes. that's like, also yes there's so many layers to that kind of, to to the metaphor that yeah. you can use vampirism for. and you weren't even a twilight girl so no to be, okay i was a vampire girl before twilight, twilight was a thing i never read the books either <laughs> i read the I, first 11 pages and went mm, no. not for me I do like to watch all the movies in the fall just because of the blue tint. It just fits with the vibe. I'll go back to my taken out from the library random books about vampires. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. So from that perspective, like there's so much there. There's also a kind of similar strain of metaphor in the myths of fae Mm -hmm. of taking people luring people seducing people away from the norm and from society and and separating them from it yes and so it's so interesting to me when those are combined as and i know i know technically they're not because as you said like Vlad wasn't Dracula. So, again, we are putting some of our own stuff on top of it. But it's part of it. Yeah. It it, it feeds it. And it, it, like, I think that's what's such a cool thing about these historical figures that lived, like, larger-than-life lives. And are, like, I mean, if he didn't do what he did, he would have just been another name in history. Right. We remember him. But because, for better or worse, these people who do... Good things, and then also horrible, horrible, horrible things, yeah. and then are known for it, but then are basically like fossilized in history, and uh, yeah. and have this, and it, and it does permeate in historical fact. It permeates in lore and legend, and I, I like I'm not surprised that there's so many places in Romania that have this haunted feeling because yeah. it's it's so engulfed in Romanian culture, at least that kind of that heritage. I don't know how, how yeah. else to describe it, but yeah, this whole and vampires fit in really nicely with Fae, with yeah. Nymph, with Siren, because it's yes. like everything about this is to quote Twilight, which is funny, but he oh, says, boy. but that's what he says. He's like, everything about me invites you in. <laughs> okay, that's full of yourself yeah, like, a little bit, yeah. Um, but also in, in how it becomes. Each culture who has, like, any kind of vampire lore, they have different rules, like, or, or understandings of the vampires. Like, not all vampires have reflections. Right, right. Not all are affected by silver. Not all have to be invited into your home. 
in order for yeah. them to have access to you, right? So it's all these rules that we make up. And I think a lot of it is embedded in like how we are raised, like things yeah. in our, because we talk about, it takes a village, right? What were things in a village that people would say to keep children safe or to not make stupid choices? And we create things that are based loosely on a real life thing Yeah. that we can give, so we can give it a face, right? And then we twist it to fit a narrative that we need in order to achieve something. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Absolutely. vampire is one of them. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, but back to the witch's pond in yes. particular. <laughs> I, we said, like, vampires aren't the star, star of this story. Well, but we can't help. We can't but, help it. But touch upon them. They've come up a little bit more frequently, like in our Grease episode. And I just, we've been on a hot streak with some reoccurring themes. I, okay, so back to the pond. Um, the animals. Yeah. They, I don't even know, like, the fact that they found dead from dehydration yeah. animals animals that were seeking water sources and i can't explain that yeah unless that... there's rabies there i mean oh, that's yeah. the i mean that's that's the other explanation is like there mm-hmm. was an outbreak of rabies yeah. for animals and and maybe just a couple of them was enough to stir this entire story about yeah. animals won't drink from it and it's like well nobody's out there watching to make sure that <laughs> and based on the research it, i don't think it's like a common thing to find right. dead animals near the pond in fact it just more likely means that like they avoid it altogether right which is why they had the water tested to make sure it wasn't like yeah or had chemicals in it but i would be yeah. super interested in finding out more about the ge- geographic area like you know how we've talked about some places where it's like compasses don't work because of the like magnetic magnetic field there and like the type of rock that things are on and that does weird things to the body and to like how there's places where birds won't sing because of that so i just had a weird we we also didn't talk about the women who would seek out the pond to get rid of pregnancies i just had this crazy thought like okay so you know how it's called it's, it's called Witch's Pond, not like the, like, it's not multiple witches. It's just one witch. W-I-T-C-H apostrophe yeah. S. Like, what if it's the spirit of a witch that has embodied this, so this is a stretch, but it's like if she's just one witch. In, in a lot of these cultures, yeah. witches were women that well, other women sought out yeah. to help deal with unwanted pregnancies yeah and oh oh my gosh like like, i don't know like it's a stretch or no i don't even think it's a stretch because okay the way that you were just talking about the way that stories get morphed and changed what if there was a witch who lived near that pond that women would go to to get medicinal help and and she would tell them say just say you walked in the water yep (laughs) Yeah, mm. like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I feel like that, I feel like we just figured it out. I, maybe? Because, I mean, I mean, embodying, we, like, if, if we're going with the fae culture, like, yeah. like, nymphs can embody trees, they yes. can embody flowers, they can embody, uh, yeah. so, I mean, why wouldn't it be unheard of for a little, a small, I mean, it's like five to ten feet wide yeah three to four feet deep tiny little body that's a fascinating view of it so that's just kind of a thought i had but should that bring us to our verdict yes 
honestly haunted. haunted. Yeah. <laughs> in a very interesting way, too. Like, And I feel like your interpretation just solidified it for me, even though in a way that also tied a person to it and, like, yeah. that type of interpretation, I feel like... For some reason, that's just more mystical. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little pretty. Yeah. Well, not... It's like it's like a fable or folklore Fable, yeah. yeah. Or something like that. And it's kind of like a, a weird twist on like a Brothers Grimm yes. tale. Of, and honestly, yeah. like the animal thing just really... I mean, I've talked about the volcano stuff mm. 500,000 times and I said we I'm gonna listen to the animals the so animals avoid the water if the animals are saying something's up with it yeah. then um I think something's up with it so until I get proof that the animals actually do go to it and maybe there was just like one outbreak of rabies or something <laughs> and that stirred up everything else then I'm gonna go with I believe the animals I believe the animals too so yeah. it's, I, I think that's, there's enough history in the area and the fact that like locals are like, nah, don't go out there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do, don't do that. But I'm not saying that it's a, it's a place of great evil. I'm saying it's a place of, deserves great respect. Yeah. Likely. If there is power there, it's stuff that I wouldn't want to mess with. And if, and I would say people who practice, who are Wiccans, who are, would, would classify themselves as, as a witch, whatever that might mean yeah. for them. If they feel it's a place where they can successfully carry out their religion. And the other, the other piece of that too, is that like, okay, so Wiccan is a religion, but like people who consider themselves witches can practice all sorts of different things. Right. So there could be people who do draw power from that. And there could be people who don't. And that also, yeah. you know, there are people who, do shadow work and there are people who are like i will not touch shadow work with a 10-foot pole yeah. so yeah so, so if, yeah. It, if it's something that you wield with that you are empowered by yeah and you come or from connected a place, to yeah or it some, comes from a yeah. place of respect and connection yeah like you said then i wouldn't see why it wouldn't be a place that would draw in yeah. and it wouldn't be a negative thing it would just be well i mean i think that's like something that we kind of lose track of nowadays is like so many religions and spiritual practices practices back in the day were with things that might be considered malevolent at times they were with things that were not good or bad they yeah. were they were a spectrum mm -hmm. and that was life and and life was on a spectrum and that's why the religious or spiritual people that were looking, that people were looking at, you know, sometimes did great things and sometimes did bad things. Yeah. And, and so I think that that's kind of a, a drawback to, to that. I yeah. think, I think nowadays it's, it's much more, this is good or this, this is, is bad, bad and this is morals and they're connected, mm -hmm. but it was much more gray. Yeah. Very deep, interesting. Deep, man. That's deep. Very interesting. Well, we're going to go contemplate more curiosities about the universe, and we'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you, as always, for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Honestly Haunted.